Well, it is a uh, privilege to once again uh, open up uh, God's Word for us. Uh, So if you would, please turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Mark, and we are going to be in chapter 8 of the Gospel of Mark. Now, we're going to uh, start our uh, series in Philippians next week. I'm very excited about that. But uh, as we were planning out the uh, preaching schedule and the different sermon series, we had blocked this Sunday off for the... Sorry, Sarah, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) We blocked this Sunday off for the fantasy football sermon. Alright, and if you don't know what that is, the rules are very simple. There's a fantasy football championship, and the winner gets to uh, decide what uh, the sermon topic is for that Sunday. I know what you're saying. Wow, what a great reward. (laughs) Where can I sign up? Uh, But, uh, believe it or not, uh, our very own Cody Chapman won this year, and so he got to decide the sermon topic. But, the rules also state that the winner can let someone else pick and decide on the sermon topic. And wouldn't you know that Cody did pick someone else to decide, and do you know who that is? It was me. (laughs) And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're saying. Levi, that seems very unfair. That seems very unethical. And I just want you to know that I hear you, uh, that I understand. And that's why I've set up a very uh, special uh, receptacle in my church office where you can leave any formal complaints or concerns. You'll find it along the back wall. It's a small metal uh, circular bucket with a uh, trash bag in it. And uh, feel free to just drop off any complaints you might have there. All right, in all seriousness, uh, what what did I pick for the Sunday? That part was true. I did get to pick uh, this Sunday. Well, I picked a passage that has had a profound impact on my life. And that is because this passage this morning in Mark chapter 8 teaches us a very important lesson. It's taught me a very important lesson, a lesson I've had to learn and relearn over the years. And the lesson, simply put, if I can direct it toward myself, the lesson is this. Levi, has God ever let you down? That's the lesson. Levi, can you find a single moment in your life, in the life that God himself has given you, and can you find a a single instance where you found him lacking in any way? Where you found that he's not the gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Father that he promises himself to be, that any of his promises or any of his words have failed? See, these are the real kinds of questions and doubts we face as we We go through life, is it not? When we struggle with health, when we struggle with concerns, when the world and society around us is deteriorating before our eyes, when we're getting ready to to move across country, to to, uh, take a new job, whatever it might be, these these questions uh, are are, are there for all of us, and these these kind of doubts. And so as we we turn to the text uh, this morning, uh, the question for us is, are we trusting in Jesus in the midst of whatever circumstances we happen to find ourselves in. It's one thing to confess that we're sinners in need of grace and in need of a Savior, but it's another thing to uh, be trusting in Jesus in every day and to entrust Him with all of our concerns and all of our doubts and everything that we need. And so in this passage, we, we find the disciples in a similar situation. 
in one of those kinds of situations where they've let their, the cares of the world and their, the cares of their, their own desires distract them from what Jesus uh, would have for them. To distract them from Jesus himself and what's most important. But Jesus responds to them and their need and he, he uses this opportunity to give them these, these two commands. This is, this is our lesson for this morning. These two things that we need to do and that the disciples needed to do. Jesus tells them that they need to watch out and they need to remember. To watch out in the presence, to, to beware, to be mindful of what's going on. And to remember the past and remember God's faithfulness toward them. And if we remember God's faithfulness in the past, that will encourage us here in the present. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, those, those two things, but we still need to read our text. So look with me at Mark chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. In those days, uh, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they only had one loaf, one loaf with them in the boat. And he, Jesus, cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Let's pray. Jesus, you are the bread of life, and you are the living water. Feed us now from your word, we pray. Amen. Well, we pick up this story in our text as another great crowd has gathered around Jesus. And again, Jesus has compassion on them because they have nothing to eat. And so he tells this to his disciples, that we should feed them. 
And they reply to him, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? Now right away our, our ears should prick up. We should, we should think to ourselves, come on disciples. Don't you remember what Jesus did a couple chapters ago? The similarities there are striking. Look back at, at chapter 6 with me just briefly at an earlier miracle. This one was the feeding of the 5,000. And the disciples, they uh, returned to Jesus after their ministry journey. And Jesus says to them to come away by yourselves to a desolate place. Verse, uh, verse 31 of chapter, chapter 6. And so again, they're in a desolate place. Just like they are now in chapter 8. They were back then in chapter 6. And uh, Jesus, again, we see, has compassion on the crowd that has gathered around them. And so notice what the disciples say in verse uh, 35. This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. It's late. There's no, there's no food anywhere. No, no stores are open. We need to send them away so they can go and, and feed themselves. But Jesus tells them, no, you feed them. And then we have the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 with only five loaves of bread and two fish. And we think, what an incredible miracle that was. Who could ever forget such a miracle? And then we fast forward back now to the present here in chapter 8. And the disciples are just in about the exact same kind of situation. Instead of 5,000, we're told that there's around 4,000 here in the crowd. But they're still in this desolate place with only a few loaves of bread and some fish. And they ask Jesus, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? They had already forgotten. But Jesus, again, he will show them how. And now if the disciples' lack of faith and remembrance of Jesus' miraculous ministry is bad, look down with me at the Pharisees in, in verse 11. This group of religious leaders, they, they approach Jesus and they begin to harass uh, him and demand from him a sign. We need a sign from you to prove that you really are from God. As if those miraculous feedings have not already happened. And so we can understand Jesus' response. It says that he sighed deeply in his spirit. Not only has he just fed these two massive crowds by miraculously multiplying food, that food miraculously multiplied. But there were already plenty of other signs and miracles along the way, which all proved and all showed that he truly was the Messiah, the Son of God. But these, these Pharisees, they weren't wanting to be proven wrong. And Jesus was aware of this, and so he does not give them a sign, but he leaves and gets into the boat with his disciples. And now we're getting to that part of the passage where I want to focus our time. And to focus in on the rest of our time this morning. Because we're going to see in this, this passage that Jesus gives these two commands to his disciples that are struggling in their faith. There's two lessons he's going to teach them. These are the lessons that we need to be taught as well. Jesus tells his disciples these two things. To watch out and to remember. He tells them to watch out and beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And then he tells them to remember what he has done for them. So the first thing, what are we watching out for? What is it that Jesus is warning us against? Well, verse 15 of chapter 8 tells us plainly. It says that he, that is Jesus, he cautioned them, saying, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. That's the first lesson. 
is to watch out. But well, what's going on at this point in the story? What, what's happening that uh, Jesus would give them this lesson? What, what's, what's going on here? We're told in verse 10 that they had gotten into a boat and that they were going to sail to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And they got into the boat. And then Mark tells us in verse 14 that they had forgotten to bring any bread for this journey. And they had only one loaf with them. And so again, we must stop and wonder and ask ourselves just how this was possible that the disciples would forget to bring bread. Come on, disciples. They had just seen this miraculous miracle and they had collected seven baskets full of bread afterwards and they only managed to remember to bring one with them. And so Jesus, the great teacher, he uses this opportunity now to teach them this, this lesson. And he says to them, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And we can, we can almost put ourselves in this scene and in this situation. Jesus looks to Peter and to the disciples. He says, watch out and beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And Peter says, oh, okay. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Great, great lesson. We'll do that. But then he thinks to himself, the leaven of the Pharisees. What in the world does that mean? But speaking of loving, I'm really hungry. Hey, James, did you bring any bread with you on this journey? And James says, I didn't bring any bread. That was, that was John's job. And John says, I didn't bring any bread. I didn't take any with me. Maybe Philip has some. And Philip says, I didn't bring any. Thomas, do you have any? And do you know what Thomas says? He says, I doubt it. That's as good as it gets. And so, but around and around they go and they discuss with one another if they have any bread. They're talking amongst themselves and they completely miss the point. Jesus instructs them to watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. But then immediately after that, verse 16, they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. They missed the point completely. They had forgotten who was with them in the boat, and without realizing it, they had already let this leaven that Jesus is warning them about infect them and poison them and corrupt their way of thinking and causing them to doubt. But we haven't yet answered that obvious question. What is the, the leaven of the Pharisees? What, what does that mean? Well, the process of, of using yeast... So leaven bread is the same today as it was back then. Nothing has changed. And this metaphor of leaven is used throughout Scripture to describe the kind of destructive and poisonous power of false teaching and of disbelief. And that's what the leaven of the Pharisees is. And, and that of Herod, it was, it was their false teaching, their hypocrisy, their, their way of life. And just like yeast, it only takes a small amount. And that small amount can affect the whole lump. So what is Jesus warning them about in particular uh, here? He, he's telling them to not be like the Pharisees. We just saw in the context how they were being disingenuous, how they were demanding a sign, how they were not believing in the signs that Jesus has already done. And instead of receiving those many signs, uh, they wanted the, the, the Messiah, they wanted the one, uh, this, this Jesus, to fit their own lifestyle, uh, to give them signs that they desired. Uh, they did not want a Messiah or a Lord that demanded any allegiance over his life and demanded any change. And that's why Mark, he sandwiches 
Uh, Jesus' interaction with the Pharisees in those three verses, in between these two stories of the disciples and, and of bread. It's a warning to the disciples not to be like the Pharisees. And it's a warning for us that we would watch out as well. Like the Pharisees, the disciples, they had become more concerned with their own well-being. With their daily bread, as it were, than they were about following Christ. Not only were they doubting if Jesus would provide for them, but they seemed to have completely forgotten everything that has already happened. They had forgotten who it was that was sitting right next to them. And if you let your worldly cares distract you and cause you to forget Christ. See, that is how quickly we can forget everything that the Lord has done for us. And this is why David will sing in, his, in that psalm, Psalm 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because we so quickly forget, we daily, we constantly, moment by moment, we need to be reminded of these, of these things and preach them to ourselves and preach the Christ and all that he's done for us, lest we forget. We need to watch out, we need to beware, lest any of this kind of, of, of leaven, of this yeast that infects us. There's so many examples of what this, this looks like, so many practical applications in our lives. This, this leaven, it can be the leaven of, of little uh, pet sins, uh, little, little things that we think are, are harmless, uh, that, that we, we let to have a part in our lives. But we know that they'll only grow to become destructive and harmful and to wreck our relationships, our marriages, our, our lives. This leaven can also be the leaven of doubt, the leaven of, of disbelief. This is, this is uh, what the, the disciples were in danger of. And, and sure, we can profess that we're Christians, we can, uh, we can uh, say all the right things, but our, our lives don't show it because we don't actually truly believe it. Or we've forgotten all that Christ uh, demands of us of our lives and, and uh, we don't really believe in the power of the gospel to change lives. We don't really believe in these things. We've let the world uh, uh, cast doubts into our lives that these, things are, that these things are important, that the gospel is true, that personal holiness is important. This love and doubt can cause forgetfulness, it can cause us to look inward. This is what the disciples were doing. They had become so distracted by their worldly cares that they didn't even notice Jesus' lesson and his teaching. And it's just like Peter who began to sink in the water. When we take our eyes off of Christ and we lose sight of his goodness and we begin to doubt that he has promised he will never leave us or forsake us, we can begin to sink in those crashing waves of doubt as they crash all over us. And so that is Jesus' first command, his first the first part of his lesson that we need to watch out. It's, it's so easy to miss that lesson and to let the cares of the world take hold of us. And like the disciples, we can miss the bigger point. We can let this little leaven of doubt, it, uh, let it sneak into us. But thanks be to God that he provides us with another lesson. There's another part of this story. That's the second command that he gives his disciples. And that is to remember we see that Jesus is he's aware of their discussion. He knows what they're talking about. And so Jesus comes to them and he, he rebukes them. 
And it is in this rebuke that we see this, this second command and this second lesson. He tells them to remember. Look back with me at verse 17 of the text. Jesus is aware of this and he says to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear? Jesus asks them plainly here, why are you even having this conversation? See, at this time, uh, at this point in his ministry, Jesus has not only already manifested himself with various signs and miracles, but he's given his disciples and his people uh, instruction and teaching, including the instruction that we prayed earlier this morning of how to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. So the disciples have seen miracles, they've heard Jesus' instruction, and yet they remain having eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. And that's where Jesus gives them this history lesson. And he says, and do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves of the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they say to him, twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up then? And they said to him, seven. I love this passage. Do you notice how the great rabbi, the great teacher, he's instructing his students? He makes them repeat the answer back to him. And this is a good lesson for us as well. This is a good practice for us. As we consider all that Christ has done for us, would we think back over our lives and verbalize and recount and say out loud all the ways that God has been faithful to us? You see, these moments in our lives, they can be big or small, but they all add up and equal God's perfect, unending, steadfast love for us. I can look back in my own life and see examples of God's faithfulness even during Difficult times and difficult seasons. I went through a very difficult time near the end of my time when I was in Boston. And I had just left another, another church, my, the church I'd been a member of for about five years, uh, because I was uh, getting ready to uh, join the PCA and, and uh, make, that, um, make that change. And, uh, and so I, I started at a, a small church plant uh, in the Boston area, north of Boston, a PCA church plant. And within two months of me uh, coming on and starting there, the, the planning pastor who was there uh, resigned unexpectedly, uh, completely. And he was gone. And then after um, another two or three months after that, the plant completely fell apart. It just was not a good situation at all. And uh, not to go any of the details other than to say that I was crushed by that. It was, it, was, it was devastating. I was, I was hurt personally uh, by a lot of things that happened, and I was, I was full of doubts. And I was uh, thinking to myself and, and talking to myself about what to do next and where I should go and what I should, what I should do. But looking back, I now realize that not only was I asking the wrong questions in those moments, but I was asking and directing those questions to the wrong person. Did you notice in the text, who are the disciples discussing this matter that they have no bread? Who are they discussing that matter with? It's with one another. 
They discussed with one another the fact that they had no bread. Did none of them think to go and discuss this matter with the bread of life himself? who was right there next to him. Next to them. But you see, that was what I was doing. And that was the lesson that I needed to learn. That's the lesson I still need to learn. That we, that we all need to learn. Has Jesus ever let us down? Would we not bring all of our cares, all of our anxieties, cast all of our anxieties upon the Lord, Peter will say in his, in his letter, because the Lord cares for you. As painful as my time in Boston ended, God used that time to bring me to Richmond, and Richmond treated me very well. I met my wife there, got married there, had a wonderful experience with a wonderful church family that ultimately led me here to Joplin. And I... Just to, just to think about how unfaithful I was, even in those moments, to, to pray and even seek God and to bring those requests to Him and to see how faithful He was despite my unfaithfulness and, and what I still doubt in Him. Now, I want to be clear. What, what does this mean? What am I saying? That, that our lives will be perfect, that we'll never go through hardship, that even the bad moments God's always going to use to bring about good things. I'm, I'm not saying that. Jesus does not promise that we will... Uh, be without pain and without suffering in this life. But he does promise that we'll never be without him. That's his promise. And as we look back on those moments in our lives, the good and the bad, we'll see that Jesus was with us every step of the way. And he was providing everything that we need. And so what do we do? What, what are we left with from, from this, this lesson from, from Scripture? We're, we're called, in the first place, to watch out. That we need to be aware that this Christian life is a life where we uh, are, are on our guard, that we flee from sin, that we watch out for it, and we watch out for anything that might distract us and, and lead us away from Christ. But inevitably, when we do sins, like John says in his letter, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But when you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. You see, this is what Jesus is saying here. You need to watch out. You need to be aware. You need to resist these things. But when inevitably in this life, the leaven of doubt, the leaven of of the Pharisees takes hold, when we lose our way, we remember. When we doubt, we look back at all that Christ has done for us. That is what the Christian life is, is all about. It's a constant going back and forth between these two things of, of watching out and remembering. We're called in the Christian life to, to live that life in the present, to watch out and to beware and to flee from sin and temptation, to, to make no provision for the flesh. But there is an enemy and the world is against us and our flesh is weak and there will be times of doubt. There will be times of struggle. There'll be times of sorrow. There'll be times when we fall into sin. There'll be times when we are not vigilant, when we let some of the leaven of this world come in and corrupt us and and leaven the whole lump. But it's in those moments that we're called to remember, to look back into our past, to see all the times that God has proved himself to us. And even more than that, not just looking inward on ourselves and in our past, but looking back and remembering the historical truth and the objective, objective truth and reality of the gospel and of the scriptures. To look back into that moment in history of the cross and of the resurrection where Christ truly did die 
uh, on the cross for our sins and was raised back to life on the third day, where he once for all paid the price for our sins, his sacrifice that accomplished our redemption. And if God has given us his son, will he not also give us all things? That's the promise of Scripture. He is the bread of life. And so are you? Are you casting all of your cares and all of your troubles upon him? Or have you forgotten him? Are you trying to do it all on your own? Well, watch out. Don't let anything take your focus away from Christ. And when it does, remember, turn to him. Remember all that he has said and done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may, may we be diligent to watch out for everything, everything big and small, every ounce of leaven that we grow to lead us away from you. And when we do stumble and fall, remind us of your goodness. Bring us back to your word. Remind us of the cross of Christ. Remind us of Jesus. Help us to be like him, we pray. In his name. Amen.